0: Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the A.V. Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk
1: Flicks. We're back and we're looking ahead. Welcome back around. This is Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we're looking ahead to the fall this time around. It is that time of year. We're going to take a look at fall movies and early winter as well as we take a look at the best of the rest of
0: 2018. Well, what we hope will be the best of the rest of 2018. Right, Dave? And, yeah, one of the things you and I were noticing, and we'll get a little more into it, is that it, as far as fall seasons go, it's on the smaller end you and I have got the impression of. There's some good movies coming out, don't get us wrong, but uh, it looks like it's a smaller docket than we're used to.
1: Smaller in terms of well, what our perception of them is, but we'll we'll see.
0: There's some tentpole movies. There's some awards contender where people are chit chatting about. Well, this performance might be did it did it. We'll see what ultimately comes out. But the remainder of 2018, from fall and to the end of the calendar year, some interest. But it seems to be a smaller uh, pasture to pick from.
1: That's right. We want to remind you. Rick and Nick talk. Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Great place to go catch a movie. Whatever is current in the movies right now. Good chance you can catch it at the Bemidji Theater. They've got their $5 movie nights on Tuesdays, as well as some specials at the snack bar as well on that particular evening. You can find the Bemidji Theater on Highway 2, just across from the airport, and it is a great place to go to catch what's going on in the movies right now.
0: This is going to be a fun one, but before we jump into our fall preview, a couple things that are going on right now uh worth talking about since we are doing a fall preview might as well give a quick glance back into the rearview mirror for the summer season which as far as the big tentpole movies goes is now finally pretty much over uh some of them are still racking up some dollars at the box office but uh it's pretty much a hands down i think we knew this even before memorial day came around avengers infinity war wins the summer uh biggest movie of the summer but not only that it is the biggest movie release of all time ever, not adjusted for inflation. So it is uh, by far the biggest record holder past uh, Episode 7, The Force Awakens, to take that spot. Across the $2 billion mark worldwide. Say that again. $2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, something else of interest. Because of that movie and later Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, is now the biggest movie franchise of all time. It has passed everything. It's passed Star Wars. It's passed uh, James Bond that is now, what, 23 movies in? And that's past that. It goes back 50-plus years. Um, so the MCU is the biggest franchise with $17 billion worldwide to date. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is still in theaters racking up some money, and they've got more movies yet to come and another Avengers next year. It's a money-making hurricane, isn't it? Oh, and Disney, because of that, becomes the first uh, studio to release however many billion it was in one calendar year. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Four billion, I think, is what it was. The first studio to ever do that amazing
1: are you really that surprised though when you look back on it all
0: no but i mean this is a heck of a bubble you know say what you want about a particular bubble westerns of the 60s and so forth this is something that is ginormous and when it bursts with this kind of money just think of what else is going to happen it's like when the dot-com bubble burst in the late 90s early 2000s uh this is going to be that for movies what are they going to do next You know, they're going to throw their hands in the air. There's no more stories to tell. They don't want superheroes.
1: Of course there are stories to tell. Of course there are. There are. are. There are stories to tell. There are always stories to tell. Things coming along every day. So, yes. So, anyway, not a big surprise that the big winner of the summer was Avengers Infinity War with the way that it set it all up. And then, of course, they can count on another big payday next year. Although... We'll see how it does by comparison.
0: We've talked about people disappointed with Avengers, but clearly it wasn't that bad because if they were really norked off at the MCU, they wouldn't have gone seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp. And they did, so... Decently. Decently. Decently
1: went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was, I think it was a quieter open well, with, with what they had. but I mean, not by comparison to that, but even compared to other movies comparably in the mcu yeah a bit of a quieter open but still we'll see if they come back for part two uh next year and if they if they can put their trust in in the fans
0: This will be an interesting one. I'll look forward to the first half of 2019 preview, because that'll be eventful, and that'll kind of cap off uh, that first quarter, I guess.
1: Dave, you pointed something
0: interesting out to me.
1: There is a new place to go if you want to make money at the box office worldwide.
0: Who would have thought China, as of this year, is now the biggest market for the box office, surpassing North America. So when they're putting movies out now, you always hear about. Well, they got to think about the overseas gross. You're not kidding. China is now the number one box office in the world. So you've got The
1: market is there, and it has grown exponentially out there. I mean, obviously, you have the population there in China to be able to do that. It it was just a question of being able to to have to have the the movie foundation built in there in, in the country, and it is it has come, and it has come in a big way.
0: You know, in some cases, you have, uh, you know, you're thinking about they have to cater these movies to the audience. In some cases, yeah, but they're not necessarily catering it to you now anymore because we're getting surpassed. People are not going to the movies like they used to, and that's going to be a bit of a problem right there. And so they got to start catering to China. One other thing I will pass along that uh, since I'm a big Star Trek fan, that I'll bring up: it looks like negotiations with some of the stars for the next Star Trek movie have fallen apart. Chris Pine who is Captain Kirk in this new uh, iteration, and Chris Hemsworth, who Thor, you might know him better as, had a brief part in the 2009 movie. Both of them kind of walked away from their contracts. They had deals roughly in place that the studio is now starting to renege on, and, well, we want to redo them and pay you less. They're saying, no, we've already got a deal. You're going to honor the deal. So who's going to blink first kind of thing?
1: Yep. I saw that over the weekend as well, Dave. Very frustrating for Star Trek fans. That that would be me. Yeah, because... The movies have been very good here. The last couple of movies that they've put together with Chris Pine in the chair yeah. as as Captain Kirk, and the, yeah, this is a problem. That I mean, if they were going to continue to keep this rolling along with a full head of steam like it has, this is really problematic. That it looks like one of their main stars and a guy who they're bringing back in. I mean, the fact that Chris Hemsworth was coming back again—that's a big and he, thing. He was Kirk's father in yeah. the 09 edition of it, so. Well, yeah, that's that is And they're talking big, about that is a big big shake up there.
0: That's a big big one. And they have not signed up the rest of the cast. Zachary Quinto is also on contract, but they want to redo it like they're doing with Pines. Well, oh, if goodness. Pine walked away, Quinto could walk away. And they've got two movies in the fire they're working on, one of which is bringing back Kirk's dad and the other one was actually a concept pitched by Quentin Tarantino that he might potentially direct. They don't know yet. He's a little busy with his uh, Charles Manson movie. But uh, it could be an interesting one, most definitely. With Star Trek thriving on the small screen with CBS All Access and Discovery, it'd be nice to get him back up on the big screen, but stay tuned.
1: Just a quick aside. I'm starting to see some still images of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Margot yeah, Margot be... Margo Robbie first image of her as Sharon Tate came yeah. out here recently and I I saw um Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Apparently the story it looks like it's really going to revolve around them uh, with that story but that was just an aside. I saw a couple of images of that yeah. just the other day. It's not so. a,
0: it's not a remake of helter skelter. It's sort of where the Manson issue is in the backdrop. Of what's going on with the main story in the front of two like burned-out detectives or something along those lines, uh, former stuntman or something in the movie, yeah, trying to make it, trying to make it back in, and they kind of in the background is the whole Manson in 1969. Another big news
1: breaker from last week. We almost made this the subject of the podcast this week. We, yeah. uh, I had brought it forth, but of course, we wanted to look ahead to the fall a little bit more since we're in the middle of August when we're recording this. The Oscars have made uh, uh, the, uh, the Academy has made a very interesting announcement regarding the Oscars. The film Academy has made a couple of changes. One of them, they're going to shorten the telecast to a firm three hours.
0: which How long I look at that form? and I go. Yeah
1: huh How is that going to be possible?
0: Stay so tuned. They're
1: also setting an earlier date for the ceremony as well. And here is the big ad, a new category. outstanding achievement in popular film. This has been the first time since 2001 that a new category has been added. That was when Best Animated Feature was added. This is a massive change. We've discussed a little bit about the fledgling ratings of the Oscars and what can they do to improve things and, and draw more interest in. Well, they decided that a new category was the way to go now Now, before
0: before we get way into it we should also mention that a lot of these changes were spearheaded by abc the network that airs the oscars because of fledgling ratings so they wanted to make an impact on this in a major way so abc gave this condition to the academy who bowed to it It's also worth noting
1: now we're, this is not our main topic. This is a mini topic. We
0: might get on a sidebar
1: here. Dave, what are your thoughts quickly on this idea?
0: I don't like it. I really don't. I think that you got movies like Black Panther. Let's say a lot of people are like you. I, I wouldn't think this would be a best Oscar picture, but it very well could be. Some There's are saying there.
1: Black Panther is a big reason why this change was made, and I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, this you know this movie. Could be a contender for Best Oscar or for Best Picture, but it probably won't. It could have been a contender. Could have been a contender, but it probably won't because it's a superhero movie. It's MCU. Well, you're not going to nominate that for Best Picture, and some people think it's worthy. Well, let's get it a concession prize, and that's what the biggest problem with this is: is that a lot of people are looking at it like a contention, like a like a concession prize, and a lot of great movies, a lot of great performances, if they're in a certain category. Will not be nominated. You know, uh, rare is the time where, say, Marissa Tomei won for My Cousin Vinny or Whoopi Goldberg for Ghost. Those kind of performances are usually overlooked. And a superhero movie, we'd our last podcast talked about The Dark Knight. Should that have been up for Best Picture? You know, and those movies tend to get overlooked, but they tend to be remembered far longer. That movie came out in 2008. Who won Best Picture in two thousand eight? Don't look it up. Do you can you remember offhand? I don't either. So sometimes those movies win and they kind of disappear. You know, they were really critical and they go away. So this is a concession prize, and not only that, it's a big concession to pander. Now, to at the risk of getting slightly deep, I think this is kind of the problem. The Oscars have never, ever, even when it was the golden age of Hollywood, have never been you know, the draw. They've been a big draw, and they're shown all over the place, but viewership has never been off the charts ever. It's never been something like, say, the Super Bowl. It's a big, big thing that people watch, absolutely. It's been one of the bigger non-Super Bowl events of the year, though, on television. That's true, but they're looking for Super Bowl ratings, and that's not going to happen. But what it is, the Oscars are, and I support this, they're stuffy. This is old Hollywood in a lot of ways, coming together to greet the newest product and the, the 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 things of the past, kind of coming back around. This is not what that is. If you're not a, a film fan that likes to dissect and consume movies like it's a fine meal, we've talked about this before, then you're probably not into the Oscars. You don't care who wins this and who wins that. Well, this was an Oscar-winning performance. I don't care. Is it entertaining? Is it such and such? If you're looking at a movie like Something to Pass the Time during a layover at the airport on your small iPhone screen, then you don't care about the Oscars. And with viewership down in the theaters, with uh, people going to opt more for Redbox or waiting until it comes home, then the theater experience kind of goes away. The Oscars importance kind of diminishes. So this is a way to try to pander and maybe bring in sort of the MTV Movie Awards a little bit to the Oscars which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but the category like this, it's a definite pander. I'm not in favor of it. I know you got some thoughts on this. I'm
1: pretty sure that the movie that won the year that the, the Dark Knight would have been in, because The Dark Knight came out in 2008, so then it was in 2009. I'm pretty sure it was The Hurt Locker. I'll have to, uh, while you're giving your right, opinion, I'll look if it If I up. remember right, cause since you asked the question.
0: I'll look it up.
1: I think, I think this was a, a solution that avoided making this solution cater to the to the best film category they they could have fixed this by by actually giving more consideration to popular films in the best film category but no instead they tried to make a solution by creating something entirely new which now just muddies the waters that much more on what is the best film of the year think about it First of all, they're going to have to try to to resolve this. What will they deem popular film? What will they deem that? Do you need to make a certain? Um, How do you define? It? Yeah, do you need to reach a certain threshold in terms of money earned at the box office in order to be able to um, reach that category oh. and, and to to be in that category? Or what is going to be the differentiation between you're in the popular film? you're in the popular film category or you're in the film category and what is the better one I mean
0: does this th- mean that movies like Star Wars
1: aren't films right what are they going to this is just this is just muddying the waters that much more and I I think this was a change like you said that was made to pander in the way that it was created and thought up when in reality they're they're just avoiding Really addressing the issue by giving more consideration to quote unquote popular films in the previous film category as we knew it and thinking more about those the the entire way that the academy determines the best film is really an ambiguous process, isn't it? yeah well think about it oh well, yeah when when um before his fall from grace, Harvey Weinstein and his film company were experts at producing and creating films specifically targeted to go for awards season. They would come up with these film ideas and it, it just became like a cycle. They would just churn out films that had a certain premise and plan to them and yet they were clearly targeted toward film season.
0: And it worked. How it many How many Oscars work. did Miramax and so forth win?
1: Yeah, Miramax, the Weinstein Company, you can, I mean, you look and it, it's just every single year. They've got films in the best film category and going and are going for it. This is an academy problem and they didn't solve the problem by creating a popular film category. Yes, you might create more eyeballs, but you are uh, that are going to watch the Oscars, but all you're doing is creating more ambiguity on what is the best film of the year and and now separating the popular culture category away from it they they expanded the best film category presumably to add more films of the popular genre in well what's happened is all it's done is allowed for more of the of the um b-side type of films the more of the passion project films more more of those the artistic uh, yeah kind. more of the artistic films to get into that category rather than adding more popular films in there to take a shot at it. That's why it was created initially, because a big tentpole film like The Dark Knight was left out Instead, all they've done is they've added more of those art house type movies in there.
0: Well, and one of and the res- it,
1: it's not serving its purpose originally. One and of the this responses- has failed to address it. Well,
0: one of the responses from the Dark Knight not even being nominated for Best Picture was initially it was five movies that would be nominated. They opened that up after that, partially because of that, to ten movies. So you got ten movies now that get nominated for Best Picture, and. You know, that opens things up and that lets people in that might not otherwise be nominated. But it's, I agree completely. And by the way, I did look it up. So the 2009 Oscars, which were for the 2008 movies, keep that in mind, um, it was not the Hurt Locker. Guess one more guess, and then I'll tell you what it was. Who won Best Picture oh, in 2009? I thought,
1: I thought it was the Hurt Locker. I it, think
0: that came out earlier, maybe. Was it in the it running
1: that year or not?
0: It was. It, well, it won, but that was, I don't think well, won, was, I would say it was a little later, like 2010 or 29 or something like that. Okay, You're close. A-
1: anyway, what what was it?
0: Slumdog Millionaire. That's
1: right, yes. Oh my gosh, that's right. Because people were like, what are we doing here? What's, well, what's going on here?
0: You know, and there's, there may be another thing to talk about. We've talked about this on our Oscar podcast a while back um, sometimes the movies that win Best Picture, like *Slumdog Millionaire* and others, they don't hold up to the test of time necessarily. They may be great movies, but they just don't live on beyond that window in the memory. In the memory, you yeah. know, people remember *The Dark Knight*. People remember other movies. They don't necessarily remember *Slumdog Millionaire*. Right. So later, you start to judge: should this movie have won Best Picture rather than this movie, which still lives on as strong now as it ever did, popular or otherwise? Here's a one more question before we move on from okay. this. So with this popular film
1: category, not only do you have to determine what a popular film is, but how are you going to choose it? Is it on? A, is it a popularity contest? Is it going to be on the merits of the film and how good the film was? Well, what if you have how an you artistic
0: movie it? that becomes hugely popular? Go back a few years to, um, um, oh, what was the Million Dollar Baby? You know, that's an art movie. Clint Eastwood and Hilary Swank, the boxing movie. Remember that with the big twist yes. in the middle? Uh, that was an art movie but it was so well regarded that people started to go see it so the box office went up it was one of the higher grossing movies of the year does that mean that now it is a popular movie how do you how do you define these la la landed pretty well 2 yeah. years ago at the box office when they
1: reopened it to to the viewing public to go see after its nomination i went and saw it you know so.
0: i i think there's there's a middle ground here i think i don't know what the answer is But I think maybe opening up the categories a little more. But I also think another thing we didn't talk about is they're going to do the nominations and then two weeks later are the awards. How do you have a chance to see the movies that are nominated within two weeks? Do you put your life on hold and just binge watch movies for two weeks if you're on the Academy, which is hundreds of people? Hollywood would shut down for two weeks. I think the
1: Academy needs to come down from their chateau yeah. and talk with the people.
0: So. They have to stop drinking
1: things from the chateau. All right, let's look ahead at the fall, Dave. You've got a pretty good list that you've put together of, of movies that are coming up this fall. Just on general view, when we look at this fall, it, it doesn't really stand out to me as one of the bigger, more highly anticipated fall movie slates. Like There are, there are a couple of big movies yeah. in the mix, but there are not some massive slam dunk, you know, these are going to be big, movies there like there have been in years past when we get toward the end of the year it's a quieter year i think in that regard
0: yeah usually when you turn into fall you still get some tentpole movies but it's not like summertime but you also start running into more interesting artistic drama you know awards contender stuff particularly the closer to the holidays you get thanksgiving in particular christmas time you get a lot of big releases then so we're going to take a look at september october november and december we're going to wrap up 2018 with what is coming of note um, popular sequels that we maybe have asked for and you know they are spe- speaking of this argument they're working on a Pirates of the Caribbean another one. Oh, boy. oh, for the love of all please oh my let gosh, it die they actually are Please let the boat sink. Just right there at the dock. We're done. Anyway.
1: So, so you're starting us post-Labor Day with this, right? We st-
0: once we cross into September, we're now into the fall season, and that's basically the way it goes. Yep. Um. So the first one up is going to be September 7th. We've got The Nun. The Nun. And this is now, for those of you that have followed the, um, the, the Conjuring, The Conjuring 2 had The Nun in it. So this is sort of a prequel to The Conjuring 2, where do this ghostly nun character come from. Did you see Conjuring 2?
1: I've not seen any of the Conjuring movies yet.
0: I've not seen the second one. I've meant to and I haven't to, so I don't really understand the nun. I get it. I've I've heard about it, but uh, The Conjuring, the first one, I've seen it, and that spawned its own sequel, or prequel, Annabelle, which did fairly well. So now The Conjuring 2 has its own creepy element with the nun, so now this is the backstory to that. Um, So it's interesting, and so far, so good. James Wan has produced or directed these and he's, it's got a pretty good shelf life. So people are asking for more. There will be a Conjuring 3. Um, these are ones that people are enjoying. And the movies have been quality, the ones that I've seen anyway. So unlike Pirates of the Caribbean, this is a franchise that's got some gas in the tank. People are wanting more. Give it to them. And if the nun lives up to it... Go for it. So this will be a good one. First week right off the gate, we're going to start getting into Halloween mode, start scaring people with The Nun. That's right. That's that's appealing to
1: you, Dave, is <laughs> the earlier we can get into <laughs> Halloween mode, you're feeling pretty good about that. And this is about the time of year where horror movies kind of have found their niches. Late summer, early fall, I, I often see horror movies will drop in at about this time. They'll, they'll parachute in after the big... Summer box office movies come, and they kind of find their they find their weeks here. And it seems like the Nun found its week here going into this particular well, year.
0: And and not always. Just this past week, they had the Slenderman come out, which is an online urban myth, and that bombed the box office. Well, they it,
1: kicked it back so many times yeah. that it just it didn't set up well at but all. But
0: e- but even the those that saw it, the reviews were not kind. It no. was just kind of, hey, let's do a Slenderman movie. What are we going to make it about? I don't know. Is, is kind of the impression they made it like
1: online oriented i heard too. Kind of, well
0: that's where the myth started so it kind of makes sense but okay. it just it just didn't do well but you know at least they're having halloween movies come out prior to halloween it's when it's like november 10th and they have a horror movie come out What who, who cares halloween's over you know once the calendar flips nobody cares anymore moving forward next week in september the 14th one that i'm looking forward to the Predator. That's this is, right. This is the you know, the original Arnold Schwarzenegger, the you know, Predator. This is a follow-up sequel to that that is directed by one of their former cast members, Sheen Black, who actually was one of the commandos in the original just to kind of help out on set, and they said, "Well, we'll give him a part."
1: Yeah, how interesting is that? And he's directing it now.
0: Well, those of you that don't know, Shane Black, an immensely talented writer, and is now getting into directing. He's written some of the bigger movies you've ever heard of, like Lethal Weapon. Uh, a lot of those in the late night in the late eighties and early nineties, and he's gotten into directing in the last few years, and some of them very acclaimed, like Iron Man three. Directed that one. He also did uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's got some great things going, and now he's doing The Predator. And it's funny that he was in the first one as one of the Commandos. The first one killed actually, and is now directing the newest one, which is supposed to be um, getting back to the original. It's going to kind of refresh it. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel that is trying to give the teeth back to the Predator, so to speak. After a bunch of sequels that have kind of eh. An alien versus predator that is hit or miss, depending. Except apparently the predators are more enhanced... Yeah. this time around. I think you get a little of both. I did I will say I liked Predators, and this gets gets confusing. Predator, Predators, The Predator. It gets confusing as to which one you're talking about. The one with Aiden Brody was actually pretty good, Predators. I like that one. Okay. But this one would be, you know, re- remains to be seen. They did reshoot a lot of the last act though, which makes some people nervous that maybe it's uh, there were problems. Turns out really the biggest problem was that the ending originally was set in the daytime. And they thought the Predator looks a lot better when he's more in shadow and darkness. It kind of plays off the shadow. So they refilmed the ending to make it a little more scary and set it more at night. So it's got some good buzz around it, and Shane Black knows what he's doing, and he knows the franchise pretty well. He was in the first one. Uh, I give a lot of credit to this one. I think it's going to surprise people in a lot of ways.
1: You have another movie marked down for that particular weekend, yep. and this is The Return of Matthew McConaughey. We haven't seen him in a while, but we're going to see him in White Boy Rick.
0: True story about, it a, about a, a kid that was a kingpin in the drug world before he was 16, but he was also an FBI informant. So this is one of those where it's going to be more like a crime thriller type thing. Um, Think something along the lines of a much less star power as far as the uh, um, – everybody was in this movie. with. Oh, I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden. The Departed. There we go. Think of it kind of like The Departed, but – with more of a drug thing rather than a mob thing. But this is going to be one of those things more where it's about the performance, and if the story's pretty good, maybe it'll be nominated for Best Picture. Unless it makes too much money, then it'll be Best Popular Film. We'll see. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Did you hear where we'll, I went
1: with that? Exactly, because we have no idea how they're going to break that down, and so it goes.
0: So. We'll, we'll find that out around February 2019. Yeah, so... So sept- White Boy Rick might be worth keeping an eye on.
1: Yeah, so September fairly quiet, it looks like, but we might start to get into movies that, again, maybe it doesn't look like it's going to be much, but maybe there's going to be some awards buzz surrounding some of these movies. And that's a caveat that's worth keeping in mind as we get further along in the year, is that as much as we are kind of previewing movies that are coming up, there's a good chance that there will be a movie that you will hear about that's going to get a lot of award buzz that we simply aren't even talking about now because we have no idea if it's going to make ripple, if there's going to be a ripple effect
0: from it. Well, oh, and even what we're talking about, there's only a handful of movies in September that grabbed our attention. And uh, for some reasons, maybe there will be something that comes in underneath. Maybe September truly will be an underwhelming month. Depends. Uh, but one that kind of wraps up September that is of note is going to come out uh, the 28th of September. It's called The Old Man and the Gun. And it looks like an interesting story based on a true story about a guy that would rob banks and then break out of prison and did it like 17 times over his life. But it stars Robert Redford in what has been announced will be his final on-screen appearance. This is the retirement of Robert Redford. Again, we've talked about some of the greats. Whether you're talking about music, Elton John is about to go on a three-year tour and hang it up. Now you've got Robert Redford, a career that goes back really to the 50s. And he's going to hang it up. And he's one of the biggest box office draws of all time ever and can still do it. You know, he still has some great movies. And some are hits and some are just critically, wow, that was amazing. And will never be nominated for most popular film. But uh, you can tell we've got a little critique about this. I
1: think you need to let it go and stay focused here, This
0: will be noteworthy. (laughs) I'm a big fan of Robert Redford. I would watch him read the phone book. He would be that interesting. But this will be... As far you said, never say never, but this is going to be his swan song. So for that reason alone, worth checking out.
1: Yeah, based on a true story, it looks kind of it looks kind of interesting and compelling. Um, with with this story of uh, Forrest Tucker that that is going to be coming along here with the old man and the gun. Yeah, and of course, what is he going to bring on screen for his final appearance?
0: And you know, this is one of those things. Also, since we did talk about the Oscars, you know, this is going to be his last outing. This is oftentimes one of those performances that can be nominated for Oscars even if that part isn't the best of his work ever just argument's sake um like Al Pacino should he have won for the Godfather at some point and all his other work he didn't and then he did Scent of a Woman which is a great great movie great performance it's a little over the top but that's the one he won the Oscar for you know he's never won an a, a award for acting he's won best director and he's got Oscars but never for his acting work might this one be the one that's almost a lifetime achievement Oscar in a way. This is one of those things to be aware of. Have you heard buzz along those lines that maybe it could? I'm just looking at history. You know, history has shown that sometimes you'll win an Oscar after the fact for the less powerful performance, but it's more recognizing everything that has come before. So, and you get a lot... We're talking about people uh, making these votes, not a computer. So if the computer's going to look at, you know, if you can break down acting well in that kind of you know quantifiable data way. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but you've got the emotional fact, hey, this is Robert Redford. He's yeah. been around this long. This was a really good performance. I give it to him.
1: Two other movies to keep an eye on that same weekend that yeah. are being released. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be the same weekend. One is Smallfoot, which is an animated movie that's coming up, um, and it's about uh, a Yeti community and the discovery of a human kind of flipping the the whole Yeti concept on its head a little bit. Great cast in terms of the voices that are going to be lended to this. Channing Tatum, James Corden, Zendaya, Common. LeBron James is lending his <laughs> voice to this. He's going to L.A., and look at that. He's already getting into the movies. Gina Rodriguez, Danny DeVito. It's, it's quite a, a cast list that they've got in terms of voices that are going to be in Smallfoot. And we've got a Kevin Hart vehicle coming up that same weekend as well. Night School will be hitting theaters too um, about some adults who have to take some night classes trying to pass a GED exam. Could be
0: funny. So Get a good cast together, could be funny.
1: So a couple other movies to keep a, an eye on at the end of September. Now, our first big weekend throwdown of the fall looks like it will be October 5th. Remember, we were saying how we're trying to figure out big movies that are gonna be coming up here and in in the fall. Well, we've got a, a big clash that's coming October fifth. One genre pitted against another genre here. We've got the superhero genre coming along with the very interesting Venom starring Tom Hardy.
0: Well, Venom, you know, if you follow the cinematic universe, is one of the bad guys from Spider Man. In fact, Venom got a part in Spider Man 3 with Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi, played by um, um, uh, Topher Grace. And, you know, the movie was. eh. Well, this one is now kind of like Suicide Squad, but around one guy. And I guess Spider Man is not really gonna appear is kinda of what I'm hearing in this. They're not they're kind of being tight lipped as, so. as to whether as yeah. to whether Spidey's gonna show up or not. Well, but the rumor the smart money says no. Well, can he? Because it's Sony that's doing
1: this. Columbia Pictures Sony, they're they're doing this. And obviously they, they had Spider Man previously with the amazing Spider Man, but now he's in the Marvel MCU universe. Can they even really have him be involved with it? I mean, and if ge- it's set
0: concurrent, spoiler alert, he was turned to dust at the end of Avengers, so there really is no Spider-Man right now. But right, it'd be interesting. This one looks like they're going. This this could be a hard R. It could be. This looks like the Mad Max of superheroes, and it looks rather on the interesting hard end. So Tom Hardy, who's no stranger to you know comic books, he was Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. So now he's and he was Mad Max in the last Mad Max movie. So this, you know, is right up his alley. Um so whether what do you think he's going to do with this take of Venom?
1: Well, I think people really want it to do well because it's Venom and because it's Tom Hardy, I think people really want it to do well. And I think it's interesting, you know, maybe this is where the superhero genre is going, but we we've gotten into the superheroes. Now what about getting into the anti-heroes? a little bit venom being one oh, who, who has certainly two elements two sides to the way that he operates i think we're going to explore that anti-hero side a little bit more here well and we with, are with this particular suicide
0: movie. squad they're doing a joker film uh they're doing uh there's harley no quinn anti-hero movie. about joker no so. no no that's just this true about that they've got harley quinn they've got a movie coming up with that um, you name it. So now we've got Venom, the, you know, I wouldn't even call him an anti-hero. He's just a bad guy. But he's, you know, we'll see what they're going to do with this particular one. But there's a lot of hype around it. It well, does look good. Well, the uh, the synopsis,
1: well, the early, you know, preview snippet for it calls him an anti-hero. So I guess that's what they're trying to play. you got to
0: cheer for somebody. And if right. Spidey's not going to be in it, you're not necessarily watching the bad guy. So uh, it could be interesting how they spin it. But it's also kind of fun to point out. It's another Tom Hardy movie that you don't get to see his face. Something about his face. They covered it in B- as Bane and Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Dunkirk, he's got the flight mask on, so you don't barely see him at all. Mad well, Max, he had the cage on his face for part I, of it.
1: Man, I don't know if any actor has been as good as him at using their eyes yeah. so effectively. I mean, a Tom Hardy is an outstanding actor, and he's been put in positions where he has to be really creative with with what he does. I think he, I think he deserves... A ton more credit. I think people do give him his due, but I think maybe in the the wide lexicon, he deserves maybe more credit than he's gotten. Because down, he's very good.
0: And down the road, we'll get to a James Bond podcast. But he's one of the front runners for maybe the new Bond when Sean, when Daniel Craig hangs it up. Although I've heard stories, I've heard I, reports. I hear where you're going, Idris Elba. Would it be interesting? Could oh, be interesting. Yeah. So we'll same, talk about that later.
1: Same weekend. Same weekend. The forthcoming. Of A Star is Born, which we have brought up before, but it's the forthcoming of A Star is Born, one of the most remade movies in Hollywood history, is coming back around for a fourth time, but the buzz has already begun on this movie. Maybe the
0: fourth time's the charm.
1: Maybe. Although, I mean, it's been great in the past. I mean, the James James Mason and... um, Oh, Judy Garland version was excellent. Yeah, the and Barbra
0: Streisand one from the '70s. Chris Christopherson, uh, you, you, yeah, that was a dud. Yeah, um,
1: and then there was the original from way back in the day in the I don't '30s. Even remember that one? But now it's Bradley Cooper directing and starring in it, opposite Lady Gaga, and apparently the early buzz is really tremendous especially because of the chemistry between the two of them
0: you know and i would also say this i don't i not i'm going to reserve judgment on bradley cooper as a director i think he's clearly got the chops as acting he's come up with oscar categories a couple of times so that credence is there but lady gaga i will give this and i was amongst this group uh, when she first came out she was like madonna 2.0 let's try to let's be talented but let's try to be controversial but every time the chips are down she has shown that she's got a lot more to offer, whether it's singing a great ballad at the Oscars, that blew people away, people were in tears, her acting chops have already come forward with Note, American Horror Story, Um, so she can do a lot more than you think she can do, and in this one, like we said, the early buzz is so far spectacular, let's see if that translates into a nomination for Best Popular Film.
1: All right, Dave.
0: We'll make that a drinking game.
1: (sighs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, the buzz is good. It's, And I wonder if, if it's buzz that is premature simply because of the name, A Star is Born, because it's it's a name that just transcends through Hollywood history, and I wonder if the buzz has kind of been generated because of that, or if people have gotten a screening of it and said, hey, it, it really is that good. I don't know. The general viewing public is going to let their thoughts be heard beginning well, and- October 5th, but... But I wonder if maybe there is some buzz just because of the name being what it is. But there have been people who have seen it. I mean, they're already doing magazine pieces and everything. They've got got a huge spread that was just on one of the big magazines. I think it might have been Entertainment or one of the others um, regarding this movie and regarding the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga in it. So I don't know what to make of
0: it yet. Well, think of a great story that it would be, if it really did, fourth time is the charm. Bradley Cooper maybe gets nominated for an Oscar again, not just for his acting, but as a first-time director of a feature film anyway. And Lady Gaga, I think this is her first film film. I believe she's done American Horror Story, but I think this is her first yeah, I think you're right. feature movie. What if she gets nominated for an Oscar for her performance? What if it gets nominated for best Oscar? You know, it's it could be a lot of, you know, wow, who would have thought this movie that has credence to it really comes up and is the best version after three previous tries and wins all of these awards. Quick
1: reminder, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Great place to go to catch these movies when they are in theater as we go throughout the course of the fall. October 12th, you've got a movie, I've got a movie to add to this weekend as well. Give me yours. I'm keeping an eye on Beautiful Boy, which is coming out that weekend. That's a movie I've heard that, I, that one. the buzz has been really good. Apparently, on this movie, it's got Steve Carell. It's got Timothy Chalamet, oh, who right. who yeah. was in the mix last year for for um, best actor. Amy Ryan is going to be in for that one as well. It's about a family struggle with um, a son who is who is dealing with, I believe, it's drug addiction and and dealing with the the challenges and, and struggles of, of watching him try to to break that addiction. Um and, and custody battles and different things. But it's a methamphetamine addiction that, that this son Nick is dealing with. Um really really good early buzz on this movie and
0: interesting you have steve carell fronting that movie and he's not known for his dramatic work but when he does oh you watch the trailer
1: and it's like wow yeah
0: he's done dramatic work in the past and it's been well received so this might be his heaviest dramatic work yet and it's from
1: amazon studios as well this movie so that's another interesting element to add to it so anyway that's that's one that i've got an eye on how
0: the movie landscape is changing i mean it's crazy Yeah. yeah The other one that's coming out that same weekend, uh, if you're a fan of uh, NASA and the space race back from the 60s, First Man, Ryan Gosling, starring as Neil Armstrong, kind of a docudrama. Uh, those of you that are millennials and don't know, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, first man to do it, along with Buzz Aldrin. Um, so it's sort of a docudrama uh, based on the book that he put out, uh, bestseller book. So it looks very, very interesting. Plus, you know who's directing Yeah. um, um, Damien
1: Chazelle. Yeah.
0: That caught my eye as well. That's going to be a good one. It's got a pretty good uh, ensemble cast with this one, but Ryan Gosling – Head and shoulders, this could be Oscar buzz, and hey, we're talking about Neil Armstrong. That's right. Whose, whose name now goes down in history with guys like Sir Isaac Newton, and it's, he's one of those guys.
1: Quickly, one other movie that weekend, uh, I think prospectively that's coming out that weekend, that I saw a preview for a little while back, Bad Times at the El Royale, which has a pretty, a pretty good one. cast that's attached to it. Chris Hemsworth, Jeff Bridges, um, mm. Russell Crowe, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, among others. Who are going to be in this this really interesting hotel related movie? A hotel with an interesting past um, that's attached to it. I saw a, pr- a trailer for it a little while back when I went to see a movie. Um, so that's another one that's coming along that weekend.
0: Oh, that looks interesting. Sounds. I don't know much about it, but just hearing right here, right now, that sounds interesting. All Which, right. That's not the one with Jodie Foster, where it's the hotel for convicts or whatever, is it? Jodie Foster,
1: I don't think, is in
0: this. one. There's another one. It's it's like a medical clinic for bad guys. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like a hotel or a hospital or something like that. Is don't think this it's is a the criminal way. underworld hotel. Anyway, it sounds it sounded kind of similar when you mentioned it.
1: All right, Dave, October nineteenth. That's one I got my eye no, on. You're targeting this one big time.
0: If you're a scary movie fan, Halloween, and this is exceptionally interesting. This is the return of Michael Myers. But it's in a completely different way. Now, they brought back a lot of people from the original. And this is its also called Halloween. Nothing to distinguish it. Which is funny because it's the third movie dealing with Michael Myers called simply Halloween. The original from 1978. Uh, Rob Zombie did his version around 2009 or something. And now they have this one. But the funny part is this is a direct sequel to the original movie discounting everything else. So it's like no sequel has ever happened. It's like an entirely different parallel that has this one commonality that is the original movie. So the sequel to Halloween is now Halloween, interesting enough. But it takes place 40 years later. The first one came out in 1978, so it's 40 years later. Michael Myers is uh, presumably locked away. A British film crew goes to interview him, and he escapes. And uh, the other interesting thing is that, as we found out in the original sequel, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and his character are brother-sister. Well, now that's, that's just thrown out because Halloween 2 doesn't happen anymore. So now it's a whole other thing. So now she's just some random babysitter that he was stalking. But the interesting thing is this. Jamie Lee Curtis is back, by the way. And that's note. Also, interesting enough, the guy that played The Shape, Michael Myers in the first one, is actually best known as a director now. His name is Nick Castle. He is back as Michael Myers in some select scenes. Now, the guy is like 50, 60 years old. He probably can't do all the stunts, so he's selectively as the guy. And John Carpenter, that wrote and directed the original, is back directing, or not directing this one, he is back as a producer, but he is doing the music score for this as he did the first one. Yes. But yeah, Danny he's, McBride, he's
1: producing creative consultant you know, as well.
0: Danny McBride, and, who's a comedic actor, writer, and, right. and his crew, you wouldn't think of it, but they're going the kind of Jordan Peele route. They're doing a horror movie now, and it for there's some very interesting things about it, some really good buzz. They released some footage at Comic-Con that really got people talking. Um, I think this one is one of those that could really hit it out of the park. I think they've really got an interesting take on it. Um, this could definitely revive... Not just the slasher franchise, but the horror franchise with Halloween in particular. This is one that, as a fan, I will be there. But this really could be something big.
1: Oh, I know you're planning on being there. Absolutely. But how confusing! You just call it straight yeah, up it Halloween. Yeah, it is confusing. You yep. know.
0: And it that's that's fine, but and that's the name anyway. But it's kind it's, of
1: a make it's kind of a make your own timeline. Whatever you want the timeline to be, it's up to you.
0: Someone that still has DVDs in his house, I don't know how to organize these anymore. You know how do how do I line them up? Must I buy the first movie again just so I can have them in some kind of chronological order on the shelf? I don't know. Very
1: attention grabbing <laughs> trailer that came along just a couple of weeks ago for Bohemian Rhapsody on November second.
0: This is going to be big.
1: Yeah, focusing on Freddie Mercury, focusing on Queen, the music, the stories,
0: all of it. Well, and even some of the behind the scenes in the making of it. This is a Brian Singer movie, and this is before Brian Singer allegations came out, but they were filming it uh, last year around Thanksgiving. He went home for holiday break and never came back, and they couldn't get a hold of him, so they just fired him and replaced him. And so it's still credited as a Brian Singer movie. But he was having uh, some family health issues, and he stayed behind because of that, but kind of dropped off the planet. So they fired him, and they hired a director to finish the work. Um, so there's some behind-the-scenes tussle there. So is that going to translate to something on screen? Could be interesting. But a lot of buzz around this. It's going to introduce Queen to a whole new generation of uh, music fans that maybe don't know anything other than Bohemian Rhapsody, the song.
1: Yeah, and introduce just all the stories that, that came with it in terms of the the full scope of Queen. So, again, that's coming along November 2nd. But that's no, not the only movie that's that's going to be coming along And as of note, weekend.
0: November is really when you start getting into you know awards territory, whether it's uh, big dramatic work or dramatic performances. Boy Erased is going to be coming out. This has got, uh, this, as far as stars that you know, Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman, um, based on a previous story, it's got a lot of buzz around it as well. There's already some early Oscar buzz as far as Best Picture, uh, best performance, and it's uh, it's going to be somewhat controversial, but it's a good one. Uh, a kid comes out, and his family is gay, and they send him to conversion camp. So it's going to have some controversial. It's going to be uh, reflective of some of our times, but the story itself, you know, this kind of thing has been dealt with before and has done very very well. I'm thinking Tom Hanks in Philadelphia comes to mind. You know, very different kind of story, right? But something along those lines. And then same
1: weekend, another one from Amazon Studios. Suspiria.
0: Another remake, but has. Or
1: Suspiria. Is that how you say it? Suspiria, yeah. yeah. It's like either, either. Uh,
0: it came out in 77. Uh, it was one of the better horror movies of the 70s. Well, this version, apparently, the movie is completely done. They're just waiting to have it come out, you know, just after Halloween, my point is from earlier. Uh, but it's been screened already, and it's getting really good buzz. Some people that were even involved in the filming of this movie saw it and were terrified, and they knew all the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. And so say what you want. This could be one worth watching, so keep your Halloween appetite into early November. It might be worth it.
1: Okay. Yeah, so early November, lots going on there. Uh, with that weekend. But then November 7th, you've also got another movie marked down.
0: Frontrunner is going to be an interesting one. This is an an all-star cast. It's an ensemble cast, but uh, spearheaded by Hugh Jackman. 1988 presidential election, there was a guy named Gary Hart that was the frontrunner, hence the title of the name. And he was a playboy kind of a guy. And then he got caught in a sex scandal and it derailed his entire presidential career uh, as he was going for the nomination, which was ultimately won by George H.W. Bush, who became president after Reagan. So this is a true story based on the fall of Gary Hart from the 1988 presidential campaign. So Hugh Jackman should be an interesting one. It's got a lot of buzz around it. We've also got The Grinch
1: coming along. November 9th is when The Grinch is going to be released. Dr. Seuss is The Grinch. The latest iteration of The Grinch to hit the the movie screen. Um, We've seen it previously in... Just flat animation. The 60s then we version, then we yeah. saw it in live action and now we're seeing it in kind of the the three dimensional animation that we're seeing more and more of these these days. And Benedict
0: Cumberbatch is going to be at the center of this I could see him doing a great job with that. You know, Boris sure Karloff, who would yep. best known as Frankenstein, had narrated the sixties, did so good. Jim Carrey over the top, but he nailed it. Uh this a little creepy, but he nailed it. This one could be a very, very well received gem. November sixteenth, two pretty big movies coming
1: along that weekend for Ooh. Harry Potter fans. Got to, got
0: to back up, got to back up. Oh, we do. The girl and the spiders. Well, yes, that's web. right. Yes, Claire Foy. This is also from that Millennium thing. They did the the girl uh, with the diamond. With no, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, all of those. They recasted the whole thing. It didn't quite work the first time with David Fincher. So now they brought it back. Claire Foy is taking over. Uh, the Elizabeth slander. Uh, slander. I can't speak now. Uh, so, girl in the spider's web, you know, based off the book, should do pretty well. Let's see if this can get that um, that franchise back up off the ground. So,
1: right after the success of the previous movie,
0: it was successful, but it was not as successful as they were hoping for. I think it was a little gritty and dark, which it's supposed think to be.
1: Its success was more so measured in interest by the academy. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was and a, critically,
0: it was like a lot of that are based on books. You know, did the movie yeah. live up to the book? Well, the first one, it was a good movie, but the box office didn't quite turn it around. I liked it; it was a good movie. Um, the books are exceptionally popular, so yeah, they've, they've made these uh, in Finland, Den- Denmark. What's the country that these come from? Sweden, Sweden. Yes, they're Sweden. So uh, now they've been Americanized, and now we've got the next version. So, right. Girl in the Spider's Web, uh, November 9th.
1: All right, Harry Potter fans, get excited. Mm-hmm. November 16th, the latest Fantastic Beasts movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald, is coming to the to the screen after the big success of the previous one as they just are continuing with the Harry Potter stories and series in a different way.
0: J.K. Rowling needs a beach house. Gotta go see it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I have nothing against it. I just saw two of them, and there's like, what, Seven. So I, it, just, it didn't grab me, nothing against it. So if this is your, this is your cup of tea, you're going to have a ball with it, and it's going to be coming out, uh, closing in on Thanksgiving season when the box office goes bongo, so this ought to be a killer. Might be going down a shot at one of the higher-grossing movies of the year by the time it's all said and done.
1: Steve McQueen makes his directing return in a movie that has a pretty powerful cast to it, and that's Widows, which is coming up November 16th as well. This was a TV series
0: I never watched from the early 80s uh, called Widows, and basically it's about a bank heist. Imagine like uh, Ocean's Eleven gone wrong, and they capture them and they're all killed, and now the widows of these people step in to finish the job. Uh, It was an interesting concept, but it worked as a TV series, and now you've got Viola Davis, who just the fact that she's in front of it has become the new Meryl Streep. She will probably be nominated for the role.
1: Yep, and then you've got others like Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth yeah. Debicki, Cynthia Erivo, they're the other ones who are going to factor into this too. So, pretty terrific cast that they've and got. And it's to got see. a lot of buzz
0: around it. Not just the yeah. fact that it's based on a TV series now jumping to the big screen, it really could be a good acting du force. Another big weekend, November
1: 21st. Thanksgiving. Yeah, big big couple of movies that are going to be hitting the uh the screens on the 21st. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Is coming along as we see the return of Wreck It Ralph.
0: Yeah, Wreck It Ralph 2. Uh, this is one that's really good for adults and kids. It's one of my wife's favorite movies, you know, and she loves Wreck It Ralph. She saw it in the theaters because she wanted to. We've got it on DVD and she'll watch it on occasion. Um, so this is good for everybody. Parents are going to love it. So you've got John C. Riley back and Sarah Silverman back with the voices. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and it's a little still retro, but it deals more with the Internet at a time that, you know. Right. It'll be interesting to see it. Um, should do fantastic. The next one, Creed Two. That's right, and I
1: am really, really excited about this one. Like, when I look at the fall, there are some good movies that are coming along, and there are ones that I might be curious about checking out. There are it's a occasionally double sequel. there are occasionally movies where I circle it in in bold red of I am absolutely going to see this and Creed two I cannot wait for this movie. It's I a am double really sequel. Excited.
0: It's not only the sequel to Creed. It's also a sequel to Rocky four. That's right. And those of you that go back far enough, Rocky, you know Creed's dad Apollo Creed, Rocky's nemesis and then best friend gets killed in the ring by the big Soviet boxer uh, Ivan Drago. Well now. He's got a son. Creed's got a son. Now they're gonna match up. So yep. will will young Creed avenge his father's death.
1: But the thing about the about it is I think there's going to be a lot more to this movie than just that rematch. It seems oh, yeah. like that based on the trailer, there's more to it. Is this going to be Sylvester Stallone's last turn as Rocky on screen? Is he going to kind of turn it over to somebody else to train Creed now? How's Creed's relationship with his girlfriend going to continue to progress here in this upcoming movie? What else is going to happen outside of the ring? Because that's the compelling thing that always comes with the Rocky movies and really came with Creed really well too is what goes on outside of the ring and they portray that really well in Creed and I'm excited to see how Creed 2 builds on that. Of course with the big carrot being that big battle between Creed and Drago again but this is you know if
0: you've ever seen the rocky movies they're all like this the, the ending of course is the fight in the ring but that's the culmination to the story the big i mean the first rocky movie won best picture and they're all kind of built that way so there's a lot of drama behind the scenes and drama too it's just a fantastic string of movies you know the, the, they have good ones they have bad ones but it always ends with a fight in the end there's there are not too many
1: um topics Or stories that have been movie poison. Robin Hood has kind of been movie poison over the past couple of decades, Dave. But they're going to try again on November 21st. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And Robin Hood is hitting the screen again. Again, just titled... Robin Hood. Well, we've seen this story before.
0: I don't. It's kind of like Batman in a way. There is no original. It just kind of it's evolved from you know the story, and then it's just kind of evolved from there. So I'll, there is. No... I'll stick
1: to the Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn and Olivia De Havilland okay. because that's a classic.
0: So whether you're talking about the Kevin Costner version, Prince of Thieves, you're talking about the uh, Mel Brooks Men in Tights, or you're talking about the one with Russell Crowe. So we've got the newest iteration uh, of Robin Hood that definitely could catch on, or it could bomb. You've got Taryn Eg- uh, Egerton, who you probably know from the Kingsman movies. He's also going to be later playing Elton John in the upcoming uh, Rocket Man movie that will be coming out. Jamie Foxx is in as little John. It could be interesting. It does look like a different take. But what I will say, I'll give you a little behind the scenes, is the previous one with Russell Crowe was supposed to be a completely different Robin Hood called Nottingham. It was based on if uh, the sheriff of Nottingham was the good guy and Robin Hood was the thief in the background. That story's been around, and it always gets twisted around, and that's what happened with the Russell Crowe one. It was a straight-up retelling, much more gothic, and it bombed. That Nottingham story was also behind this one, then it got twisted into something resembling more the original with a few twists. That's a version of the story that's yet to be told that I would love to be see told, the Nottingham version, but this will be Robin Hood with a twist. I don't know really how to explain it beyond that, but it, it it could do well. Or it could get lost in the shuffle between Racket Ralph Two and Creed Two. Stay tuned. Part
1: of me, while I hold my breath. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little, yeah.
0: Then we get know. into then we get into sacred Christmas season December. This will be a nice yes. push. Spider Man is back into the Spider Verse, but this is not really. It's part of the MCU, but not part of the MCU. It's CGI, so it's a it's a cartoon right. Spider Man. Um, but it doesn't have anything to do with um, um, the amazing Spider-Man, call it that, the one that you've seen in the Avengers, who is still a pile of dust, spoiler alert.
1: All right, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Could I'm, be one... I'm not sure how that fits into the MCU as a, C, as a CG movie. They're, but they're trying to do some
0: sort of a spinoff, and they're going to make their own Spider-Verse, their own MCU with CGI movies. But this one, Chris Lord, they got fired from the Star Wars movie, They did the Lego movie. They've done some good things in this realm. So now they're going to be spearheading an entirely new, much more kid-friendly MCU. Could be interesting. Are you ready for Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins? Funny enough, we watched her last night defeating uh, Android aliens with Tom Cruise and Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, so she's, to see, she's go the other great. Way. She like, can do everything. She is
1: super. Like she, I mean, she was really good in A Quiet Place um, with her husband, John yeah. Krasinski, there. Um, and yes, and of course from Edge of Tomorrow, too. And now she's
0: going to be Mary Poppins. I, and we'll nail it. This, you know, and this one is a good one. You heard
1: it here first.
0: She's gonna nail it. She can do it all. She can be sweet as anything. She can be, you know, if you saw Devil Wears Prada, pardon the phrase, she can be bitchy, or she can be sweet as syrup. And she can do it all. And so she'll be pulling out the syrup for this one. It's not a remake. It's a sequel. Uh, Dick Van Dyke has is back in this one. Funny enough, there's wondering if whether Julia Andrews will pop up at some point in a secret, secret, secret. There's I'm probably not. But there's almost like there might be something to it. Colin
1: Firth, Meryl Streep, Lin Manuel Miranda—they're all going to be in this as well. It—it it sounds like it's going to be set up really, really nicely. And I, you know, that disney it has to be cautious coming in because it's Mary Poppins. Like yeah, this is this is sacred ground that you're stepping on here so i'm sure that they have tried to do their due diligence with putting this together but there's
0: there's nothing really big coming out against it that weekend it's a week to christmas um it's a sequel or whatever and mary poppins is based on a series of books too and so this is kind of based off some of those later books um, and Mary Poppins has kind of popped up lately. They did Saving Mr. Banks a few years ago. That's about the behind-the-scenes of Mary Poppins. Yes. So Mary Poppins is kind of coming back up. This one is going to be well-received. Whether you think it's as good as the original or not, that was an old movie from the 60s, and this is going to be much more contemporary with some throwbacks to it. I think it's going to go bongo. I really do. December 21st, pretty big weekend.
1: Of, Huge Of weekend. some movies that are coming along. I mean, none of them, I don't think any of them are massive that you know it's going to be a slam dunk at the box office kind of movies but they are potential to be good ones we're going to start with the man under the sea Well, technically aquaman and
0: and mary poppins is coming out that wednesday now this is the friday so it's technically the same weekend aquaman this is we're going to see if dc can start to hit back against the mcu um we've been saying
1: that for how long well now
0: we're gonna get a chance to find out you know these two are there's to find us to understand on their own wonder woman clearly did well on her own the justice league didn't quite live up to its billing last year so we're going to see how some of those guys individually are going to step out and aquaman um there's buzz around this one though which is pretty good so we're going to see if this is going to start to separate them and after justice league They're starting to re-approach how they want to do this, so Aquaman is going to be the first of those to come out. We'll see if they can make a few tweaks to really make it stand out and make DC stand on his own feet. They haven't really had a good one since the Dark Knight trilogy or since Wonder Woman. We've also got the return of Transformers. Bumblebee
1: coming to the screen. Spinoff. Because we need a Bumblebee spinoff, Dave.
0: It's more of a prequel, I guess. It takes place before the original Transformers, but I don't
1: care. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Apparently. I
0: don't, I don't care. That's just me. I I thought the first Transformers was fun. They've gotten stupid. It's gone the route of Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't think people are asking now, for them anymore.
1: On the flippity flip.
0: Okay. Do you have any
1: interest in a movie that is not directed by Michael Bay in the Transformers movies? Because this one is not directed by Michael Bay. I don't care. Don't care. I it's just i am not saying it's not gonna be a
0: bad was, a good movie.
1: I'm just I don't hey, care. I was just curious if that in any way would catch your interest. It's not catching my interest. I I'm I'm done with it. You know, but the they're trying to do a the, new tactic.
0: The franchise Transformers, and they're working on another one of those two, has gotten so big and so bloated, they're trying to find a way to shrink it down to its elements like they did with the first one. And I think that's what Bumblebee is. Spinoffs either are indicative of we don't care or
1: yep, I don't know. I just don't care. Two other movies that weekend that you've got marked down.
0: Yeah, there's Alita, Battle Angel. James Cameron's producing it. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Could it get lost in the shuffle with Mary Poppins and with Aquaman? It's doing some good buzz with the Comic-Cons. People are interested in it. But even though with a big name like James Cameron who hasn't really – seriously done a movie since Avatar, you know, that which is almost a decade ago now. He's working on sequels. He's got a new Terminator movie coming. So he's starting to reemerge and this is his first reemergence. He's not directing it, but he's producing it and James Cameron don't ever, ever count him out. That's Christoph same... Walls is in it. It's got a good cast. It really okay. it really could be a good one, but will people see it? because people are yes. thinking Mary Poppins, people are thinking Aquaman, and this is going to come out Alita, who's Alita? I want to forget the other A movie Aquaman. This could get lost in the shuffle. James Cameron's super fans. Yeah. May unite that well, particular. Well, if you've got extra Christmas cash the couple days before Christmas, you might go and bust yeah. it out for a double feature at the theater. And this could be very very good. But then there's the other one that's going to get people... Did we just money. become detectives? Yup. <laughs> You've got Holmes and Watson. You've got... Uh, oh, this is going to be a good one.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of this. Whether, Will Farrell as Sherlock Holmes tell me you and don't John C. Riley as Watson? Tell
0: me you don't see that working. They did so well as Talladega Nights. They did so well as Step Brothers. And now they're going to be Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson... With English in the fun. this, How much fun is this movie potentially going to be? I haven't seen a trailer uh, yet, but this really... That's going to be a weird weekend. This is going to be a wild weekend. Things are going to get lost in the shuffle, and as good as this movie could be, I haven't seen a trailer, I reserve judgment. Um We are talking Christmas, and it's still August. Um We'll see, but uh, boy, things are going to get lost in the shuffle, boy, that last week of the year, yep. and I would expect between now and then there could be some shuffling around of not only that weekend but any of these weekends so heads up for that December
1: 25th Christmas Day movie that's getting a lot of buzz that, yeah. that's coming along because it's it's got a, a lot of a lot of history to it especially with um, the timing of it it's the 25th anniversary of um, Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg Ginsburg going onto the Supreme Court. And so they're going to talk about this in the movie on the basis of sex, starring Felicity Jones and Army Hammer.
0: Interesting title; it almost reads like a porno, but it's not. Um, But there's a it it makes sense if you know the story. Uh, On the basis of sex, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, still on the Supreme Court, says she's probably got another five years or so left in her uh, second woman ever named to the Supreme Court. And this
1: was how she she got there. Well, part of how she got there, especially in in regards to discussing. Gender discrimination.
0: Yeah, a big part of it. And so at that point, you still had Sandra Day O'Connor on the court. She was only the second woman, and she's still there, and she's definitely been a big voice. So, And that fact that it's coming out on Christmas Day is actually, you know, for some people, well, that's Christmas. That's a big holiday for us. Yeah, for you, it's a big day at the box office too because those that aren't Christians usually are going off to go see the movies. And so Christmas Day, for some of us, is a huge Day at the I've actually gone to see a movie on Christmas Day myself. We had a big break in the family activities. We're like, well, let's go to a movie. We got seven hours to kill. And we saw some of the big movies. And a lot of them tend to be the big awards contenders. You know, in order to be eligible for the 2019 Oscars, they have to come out in 2018. Well, technically, it's going to be out on the end of the year. And then it'll probably open very, very wide in early 2019. Expect a big return for this one. Expect the basis of sex. It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's uh, based on true events. Obviously, it's going to be big, and expect that one to be front and center for the uh, non-popular movie category.
1: And again, keep an eye out because we've mentioned a lot of movies, and yet I'm sure there are going to be quite a few that we have not brought up yep. that are going to catch the eye. Because, like you said, we're getting into awards season, and you're going to have those those movies that are a little bit more of the art house direction that are going to get some buzz, that are maybe worth keeping an eye out for.
0: And we've talked about it before. Tentpole movies are really cool, but if you start seeing previews in front of a movie or on TV that look interesting to you, doesn't matter if we didn't bring it up or we did bring it up. If it interests you, go see it, because the more you go see movies that interest you, the more they're going to make more movies that might interest you in the future, and they won't all be about Transformers or Pirates, and we can get movies that we're looking forward to see.
1: Yes. All right. Real quick, before we go, yes. one movie that you are targeting that you really want to check out here at the end of this year.
0: I'm a genre fan. I'm a franchise fan. Halloween. I really do want to see it. it looks, yep. I mean, it, it, It's a homecoming for a lot of people. Um, and I love Halloween movies anyway. I love scary movies. I am there. But I also really do want to see The Predator. Tentpole movies. I'm here for Creed Drago, man. I'm here for
1: Creed Drago. and me
0: too. We should almost have movie night. We'll do Rocky Four, we'll do Creed, and then we'll go see Creed Two. I can't
1: wait. I mean, the first Creed was just awesome. That movie
0: just yeah
1: smashed it out of the park, and I, nobody I saw it. that coming. Loved nobody
0: it. saw. Oh, really? They're gonna really? Well, he needs to retire. Wow, it was a good movie. Well, yep. now Creed Two, everyone wants to see it, and the
1: whole gang is back together. So I I can't wait.
0: You wonder how well, Carl Weathers feels about this? You know, he was Apollo Creed in the movies. You know. He doesn't even get to be in Creed, not even in a flashback. They talked about it, I guess. Well, now this one, even more so. Carl Weathers has got to be chewing his fingernails right off. That'll do it for this round of Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. We are
1: sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Great place to go catch a movie. Don't forget about their $5 movie nights on Tuesdays. Great time to get to go see a movie over at the Bemidji Theater. I'm Dave Brooks. I'm Joel Hoover. And we will see you at At the the movies. movies.